been going through the one-year Bible. And what we do every single week is we look back to the prior week's reading and we pull out a story or some verses or a theme and we expound on it here on Sunday mornings. And that's what we're doing today. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12. And uh, really the point of today is that we would realize that every situation is an opportunity to rely upon the grace and the power of God. Okay, we are weak. You guys agree with that? We're weak, okay, we're weak. But whenever we rely on God, we are strong because he is our strength. And so that's kind of the big idea today. But that's easy to say, okay? It's easy to say. It's a whole different thing to actually apply it. Completely different. And that's where the challenge comes in. And so we're, we're following along with Paul. And Paul, what he did is he wrote letters to the churches that he started. He, went around, he was the apostle Paul, okay, apostle. And what he did was he would start a church and then he would travel on to start another one. And then he would write letters back to those churches and kind of keep in, in touch with them. And that's what he does. And really what we're going to find in chapters 11 and 12 partly is that Paul is defending his reputation. You guys know whenever people start talking about you, you feel this need to, to defend your reputation. And, and Paul's sort of doing that. He's defending himself. He's defending his reputation. And, uh, but here's the deal. He's older. All right, he's older. And he has more perspective on life, the good and the bad things in his life. And we're going to learn from some of these perspectives that we should have in these times as well. Okay? So uh, chapter 11, verse 23 is where we're going to start. And like I said, he's defending himself. And it's sort of like Paul saying this. I'm not going to say all this to brag. Okay, I don't mean to brag, but I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. That's, if that's not bad enough, good Lord. Then besides all this, I had the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. None of you in this room have had any of what we just talked about. I'm telling you, there's no way you've had all these things taking place. And if you had, I want to talk to you after the service because I just want to hear your story. That's awesome. <laughs> you should write a book, okay? This guy had it rough. It was bad. And all of these things happened after he decided to really fight for the cause of Christ. <laughs> A little bit off there in our theology, okay? He, he talks about all these bad things that have taken place. And he's like, I don't mean to brag about it, but I've been through quite a few things, all right? But then he says, I don't, I don't want to brag about this either, but there's some good things that have happened. So chapter 12, verse 1, he says, this boasting will do no good. But I must go on. <laughs> like, I don't mean to brag, but here we go. I will reluctantly tell about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. I love how he says, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to do it. All right. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't really know. Only God knows. And then just in case you were questioning that statement, yes, 
Only God knows whether I was actually in my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up into paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. I've never heard anything that I wasn't allowed to tell. That's because I'm a human, okay? That experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you guys find that humorous at all? I mean, come on. I know I'm not going to brag. I'm going to brag. I'm not going to boast. <laughs> I'm going to boast because I want you guys to know this. It's worth boasting about. I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. But I won't do it because I don't. <laughs> what? Because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message. Paul had a lot of good things happen in his life and Paul had a lot of bad things happen in his life. And what we're gonna learn is the perspective that he was able to hold through all of these things. Now, I wanna say this. I'm not really quite sure if Paul learned this perspective during or before he went through a lot of things as much as he probably learned a lot after. Y'all know that hindsight is 2020. We go through things, in the midst of it, it's very difficult, it's very hard for us to, to understand some things. Afterwards though, whenever we look back, we can see how these things like what they produced. And if we look at all of our lives, think about your life right now, everything that you go through, good or bad, really falls into three different categories. One is health, spiritual, emotional, physical health, relationships, your relationships with people, your relationships with God, your family, your relationships, and then also your finances or your provisions, the things that you have, okay? If you think about it, basically all of the things that you really encounter fall into these categories. And also, there are ups and downs in those. So your health may be great, but if your relationships and your finances are horrible, you feel like your life is horrible. You feel like things just aren't going good. And you can mix all those three up any way you want, okay? There's ups and downs, there's, there's a certain percentage of good and bad. How are you doing? Well, things are going okay, you know, family's kind of struggling right now. I mean, if you're being honest, other than how you doing, doing great, <laughs> even though you're not. You know, if you're honest, there's always that, that caveat. And there's these things that are going up and down, they're good and bad. And it's the things that we're dealing with all the time. But unfortunately, here's the problem. Our faith in God can be affected by how good or bad these areas are going. Our faith in God can be affected by how good or bad these areas are going. And, and honestly, I think it's a little messed up because God created everything perfect, sin broke it, and now we want to blame God for it. You know? It's like if I was to let somebody borrow my lawnmower, they take it out, they hit a stump with it, and it breaks the lawnmower, and then they call me up like, hey, dude, your lawnmower's broke. What's wrong with you? I'd be like, man, it was working whenever it left my house. Well, I hit a stump and now it's broken. Okay. <laughs> what am I? What? What? Shifting blame. That's something that we do a lot of. God created everything perfect. Sin broke it. And now everything doesn't operate according to the way that we feel it should. And then what happens? Many times we blame God. 
Why am I sick? Why am I going through this? Why is my family experiencing this? Why is the world in the, the place that it's in? And I've got one answer for you. It's the curse of sin. It's the curse of sin. This is huge because we want to shift blame. You guys know, we, we want to blame God or the devil or other people. Sometimes we're honest and we blame ourselves whenever we've really created the issue. But we've got this thing of, of we have an expectation of how something's supposed to go. And when it doesn't go that way, we got to blame somebody. And, and whenever I look at the things that we encounter in our lives, I see a couple of traps because a lot of people have really bad theology, really bad theology. And whenever you have bad theology, it affects your faith in God because it affects, you, you have this certain expectation of God. And whenever he doesn't you know, measure up to that, something's wrong with him and his plan and the way that he operates. Whenever really it's, it's just a bad understanding of who God is and who he said he was. See, I'll explain it like this. A lot of people, they, they have this prosperity theology, meaning roughly like, like, like if I'm good, good things happen, okay? If I have enough faith, everything just always works out because God's faithful. And so therefore, if I'm good, he'll be faithful. And, and it's this prosperity theology that gets set up in people's minds. And then there's the, the poverty theology, which is I'm bad, I'm inherently bad, so therefore I should have nothing good. And by the way, you should have nothing good too. And if you have something good, God's being faithful or whatever in your life, then you're doing something wrong. You're compromising, right? And both of those really, they're really just bad. And I don't have time to go delve deep into those today, but I'm just showing you how our theology affects that. And they're both wrong. Most of the time extremes in anything you, that's where you find error. And so then you have people that say, well, if you're sick, you just must be doing something wrong. If you're sick, your faith, you just don't have enough faith. That's what's wrong. And then you got other people over here where just if anything's going good, you're doing something wrong. You see what I'm saying? And maybe you, you've seen that. Maybe in your own life, something's going down and what do you do? You start searching your heart and I believe that that's good to do. But sometimes it's not out of a healthy place. Sometimes it's not out of a good understanding of who God is because if you get caught up in these two veins, eventually you're gonna start blaming God for things. It's bad theology. Where I really believe that I think a good balanced theology would be just in provision theology, which is a provision mindset. God's good, he'll provide. Yeah, but what about this? God is good and he's gonna provide. Whether I'm rich or poor, does it really matter? Whether I'm sick or I'm healthy, God is still good and he's gonna provide. What if you die? God is still good. God is still good and he's providing everything that I need. He's providing life and if that means eternity, that's what it means. You see that perspective? See how it dwarfs everything? How it just shuts down the power of fear? Shuts it down. Why? Because in the end, God is good. And I'm gonna declare that. Will I always understand? No, that's not the point. My understanding is not the point. So with this perspective, with this proper perspective, we can, we can move on because here's the deal, guys. If, if we don't get this right, if we don't have this proper perspective, everything else that Paul's about to say was not gonna make any sense. 
It's not going to make any sense. If you have a vending machine understanding of God, I'm going to put my prayers in, put my works in, and then I'm going to get everything I want. If you have that understanding of God, the Bible doesn't really make sense. This world doesn't make sense. The things that you watch on the news don't make sense. That's why it's so important for us to understand the word of God. Verse 7. That's what Paul says. He says, so, remember he was bragging about his life and bragging about everything. He says, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. <laughs> like I said, if our theology isn't in the right place, this scripture makes no sense. He was given a thorn in his flesh to keep him from becoming proud. A lot of people wonder what that means. What was that thorn? What was that situation? Was it a sickness? Was it a sin? Was it a person? Because he had a lot of people against him. What was it? Well, we don't really know. But I can tell you that we learn a lot from his perspective in that thorn and dealing with that thorn. And whenever we have a thorn in our life, just picture that thing. It could be a person. It could be a sickness. It could be a situation, whatever it is. That thorn in your life, whatever it is, there's a couple different ways you could respond to it, okay? A couple different thought processes you can have around that. One is, what is this thorn doing to me? What is this situation doing to me? And that is, it's really coming from a selfish standpoint. And we can't help it. <laughs> Whenever something happens, the first thing we think about is, how is it affecting my life? How is it affecting me? Versus, like what Paul has here is, what is this thorn doing in me? And that is from a perspective of humility or brokenness. The things that you go through, whether it ends up being something really positive or negative, that doesn't matter. What matters more is what is it doing in me? How, it, how am I going to co-labor with Christ? How am I going to submit to him and allow this to shape me into something better than what I am right now for the glory of God? Do y'all see the different, the different approach you take to things? It's completely different. Paul knew this. He knew that what the things he was going through, that they were producing, it was producing humility in him. It was keeping him from becoming something that he did not want to be and something that God did not want him to be. I had this thought when I was reading about Paul. I said, man, how much more could Paul have done if he, didn't, if he wasn't shipwrecked? If he wasn't in prison? If he had everything that he needed, how much more could Paul have done? How many more churches could he have planted? Come on, y'all with me? I mean, it seems like that would be the plan of God, that he would have ease so he could accomplish more. But we see the complete opposite of that. We see that he had to go through a lot of trials. We don't want trials. Y'all with me? We don't want trials. We don't like the negative things in life. And whenever we go through them and we're in them, we just want them to stop. And then we live our lives just trying to make nothing bad happen. And if something bad happens, what do we do? What am I doing wrong, Lord? Where are you, God? That's what is it doing to me versus what is it doing in me? Because we're going to have thorns. You could try to pull them out. All right, but you're in a briar patch, guys. <laughs> Come on, 
I play golf a lot, and uh, I'm not very good at it, so I'm in the woods a lot. <laughs> I got stung twice last week by wasps. Who knew? Anyway, you go in there, you go to get a ball, and like inevitably there's just thorns everywhere, and you're like, ah, oh, that's, a, that's a Pro V1. Yeah, I got to get this one. And you're like scraping through thorns, you know? Then sometimes you get caught, and you go to back out, and you hit another thorn. Right? And like no matter where you go, you're just stuck. So your only option is what? Just get out of there. Just, <laughs> just, I did it the other day. I got a mark on my leg right now. Life is full of thorns. Inevitably, you're going to walk through things. They're not going to make sense. You're going to try to figure it out with the Bible and theology and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes you're going to hit a dead end where there's no, there's no answer that's good enough for you. Because sometimes it's just, God, you're good. You'll provide. I still trust in you. And those are difficult answers to, to get to. That's why I said today is going to be one of those difficult things. Because then Paul goes on and he says this. Verse 8, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. He begged God to take away the thing that the thorn in his side, the thorn in his life. He begged God. I got a question for you. How do you respond to the no's from the Lord? How, or the silence? Like, how do you respond? I think that how we respond to the no's in our life says a lot more about us and where we're at than the yeses. I have a five-year-old little girl, and when I tell her no, I find out who she really is. <laughs> I say yes, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. I say no, her face contorts into something different. She's like, ha ah, no. I'm like, whoa, yes. <laughs> we are tested in the no's, not as much in the yeses. How do we respond to the no's? You know that no's can be blessings? You know, <laughs> so many times we pray things and, and we're waiting for the answer and the answer is already there, which is just nothing, <laughs> which is, could be a no. But sometimes I think, how many things has God protected me from by saying no or delaying something or never giving it to me ever? And that ship just sails. It's a different perspective, guys. How do we respond to the no's? Paul said, God, please take it away, and he didn't. And sometimes we're going to pray things, and they're not going to be taken away. Okay? The, the sickness wins. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the problem doesn't get fixed. The marriage completely falls apart. And there's certain things that we can't reconcile. You know, the Bible says that the world is going to continue to, to go down, okay? Morally, uh, you know, the Bible says more people are, are going to hell than going to heaven. That's what the Bible says. But we, we kind of get wrapped up in this, this thought process that just everything's always going to be on an incline. And I'm not saying this to depress you today, okay? Some of you are like, this is terrible. <laughs> Sometimes reality is terrible, <laughs> You know that? 
I think being able to come up against reality and, and come up against reality with faith in God is, is how we should live our lives. I think it's more difficult sometimes because we like positive, we like hope, but I think hope in times of negativity is where real hope is found. So that's why I wanna bring it to you today like this. He says this in verse nine, and this is really where the message is at. Each time God said this, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. This just messes with us. Really, I want to dispel this thought quickly that says, God won't give me more than I can handle. I want to help you guys. First of all, in the context of life, that's not what that, that scripture is talking about. That scripture is talking about temptation. All right. In the context of life, we are born into more than we can handle. Like you're already there right now. It's been like that since you were born. We're born into a situation that's more than we can handle. And some of you are in life right now and you're saying, I just can't handle it anymore. And I would like to respond to that with exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can't handle it. We can't handle this. We, we, we can't handle sin. We, we can't uh, uh, reconcile things that we go through sometimes and things that we see. We can't handle this. That's the point. Because it should drive us to put our faith and our trust in God, correct? It should, but it doesn't always. And that's what thorns and situations force us to ask this, this question, who do I trust in, me or God? Who do I trust in? Because at the end of the day, guys, look, this life is really, that's a question that I think we should ask on a daily basis is where is my trust at? Because where my trust at is determining the, the route that I'm living, the, 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 the perspective that I have, the trust that I have in God or not is really saying a lot about the way that I'm living my life. When it comes to trusting in yourself, I wanna let you know that, that fear is really the root of it. You see, you can could, you could learn a lot about somebody whenever you're going on a trip with them and, it, and the question is asked, who's gonna drive, okay? Who's gonna drive? And just think about how you wanna answer that internally because if you don't know the person that well, you're like, I'll drive. You know, or you saw them drive, you know, you're like, no, I'll def <laughs> definitely drive, I got this. Why, you don't trust them, let's just be honest. No, I just, I like to drive, I just, you know, just, it's, I'll take it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll serve everyone by driving. No, you don't trust anybody else to drive. Just be honest. This is a question of trust. And many times, guess what? We're in the backseat of life and, and we're like looking, we're like backseat driver, like, God, it would be really good if you took a left right here. I can see things are good that way. Not so much there or there as much as over there. Yeah, let's go. Nope, no, nope, we're still going straight. You know, like... God, I finally found a spouse. I think, I think that she's the one. I think, and like, I would like to take a left because that's where our, us being married would be, but you missed it. <laughs> we could do a U-turn. You know what? Just drop me off right here. I'll just walk. <laughs> I got it. It's fine. <laughs> right? Because uh, honestly, those moments we're not really trusting. Come on. We want to put our hands in the steering wheel. We want to direct our life. And really, it's out of fear. It's out of fear. We're not sure how it's going to turn out. So we want to make it turn out a certain way because that's, that's our plan. It's what we feel 
We feel like we could trust in that. But just like Lucifer and Adam, it's the same thing. We want to be in control. We want to direct it. And what happens, it always leads to destruction. That's what happens with fear and pride and insecurity and all these things. All of those lead to destruction. It's the way that the enemy operates, y'all. It's just the way this thing is built. The world system is set up to where there's destruction at the end of it. But the proper response, and we know this because we're in church, is to trust in God. And that's really speaking of faith. The opposite of fear is faith. And whenever we respond to situations and things in our lives and plans, whenever we, we have a faith, a heart full of faith, that's really meaning that we're putting our trust in God. It's a place of humility. Because guess what? Whenever you're sitting in the back, the back seat, you're trusting that driver. You're trusting them. You don't know why they went straight instead of taking a left. You don't understand it, but all right, they got Google Maps. I don't. I'll just, <laughs> we went on a trip a couple nights ago and Google Maps was failing me. And I don't know where we were, <laughs> honestly. Finally, we U-turns and all that kind of stuff. But why? Because it's trust. Haven't put your faith in something and you don't have, you don't have control of it. But the thing is, is that whenever we trust God and put our faith in him, a lifestyle of that leads to restoration. It leads to restoration. This is why Paul goes on and says this. this is, he says, that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. That's a, that's a, it doesn't make sense, right? It's a paradox. It, it, those things don't make sense. When I'm weak, I am strong. Look, when I was in high school, uh, there was a time in my life that I actually used to lift weights. And <laughs> a long time ago. Um, but me and a buddy, actually Micah over in uh, our Long Beach campus pastor, we were like, you know, 17 and we we're hitting the gym. I mean, we we're getting huge, just really, I mean, lifting a lot of weight. <laughs> I mean, lots of steel was being lifted and I don't know, it wasn't really that good, but we'd work out a lot together. And, um, you know, if you've ever worked out, all right, and, and you got a spotter, you're lifting free weights. You have a spotter behind you. And that's what I was doing for Micah. I was spotting Micah. Why is that funny? Would you not trust me to spot you? Is that what's, is that, that's my own wife leading that laughter. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Just really encouraging me. I was spotting Micah. Why? All right. It was a long time ago, I was a little bit stronger. But anyway, that's not the point. You guys are leading me astray. Um, I was spotting him. We're working out, we were dumbbell presses, right? So I'm behind him and, and, and we're like three sets in. And you know, the more sets that you do, the weaker you get, okay? But man, we're, we're excited. We got the music blare and we're like, yeah, one, two, come on, get to eight, get to eight. And he was doing good. He was doing really well. And then, and then he got to like that third set to like the, the fifth rep. And uh, up until that point, I basically didn't need to be there. Let's be honest. But all of a sudden, he got to like that fifth or sixth rep. And his right arm completely gave out. <laughs> like extreme. Like, do, do, do. And it was just like, <laughs> it's done. So he's like, and he, and he gets it up. And then whenever he got here, like he's upside down though, right? He got here and his arm just starts doing this. 
And it's like, you know, I'll say it's a, I'll, I'll say it's a 65 pound weight. It's probably like 35, but don't judge, all right? It's a big, big, huge dumbbell. And, and it starts falling. Now, I don't have to tell you, it could, be a, it could be a 30 pound weight. A weight like that hitting you in the face is bad news, all right? That's broken teeth, something bad is happening. And I was standing there and it really didn't matter that I was there until that weight started heading at its face. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh! And all I did is I just hit the weight and it just, <laughs> and he put it down and he was like, and we got up and I was like, dude. We just looked at each other, he's like, dude, I almost died. <laughs> like, like, that was it, that was the moment, you know? Life flashed before his eyes, he said the Lord's Prayer, it was just a really good moment. <laughs> but, but what happened? I was a spotter and he had it and then there came a moment where he did not. He didn't have it. He didn't have the answer. He didn't have the strength. And all of a sudden, it mattered a whole lot that I was there. And then I kicked into action, you know, I had a cape on and everything like, oh, yes. But I saved his face, <laughs> all right? If I hadn't been there, it would have been a different story. I'd be talking about how we went to the ER and he had to get stitches and facial reconstruction, something really bad. But I was there and I was able to help and I was able to spot him. What is, what is when I am, I'm weak, you're strong? What does that mean? God is a lot like our spotter. And there's a lot of times in life that we don't feel him, we don't see him, we don't feel like he's there. And then all of a sudden, we go through something or something takes place. And then how many times have you heard somebody say, I've never heard from God like I've heard from God in this time of life. And it's actually the worst time of life. I've got a friend right now who's five month old, is diagnosed with leukemia and they're in the hospital going through chemo and just fighting. And, and I went there the week after everything and they're just living at the hospital. And this is what he said, he said, I've heard from God more in the last two days than I've ever heard from him in my life, ever. And his faith is just at an all-time high whenever his life is at an all-time low. Why? Because when we're weak, that's where God's grace and his strength shines through. And let me tell you something, in those times, that's whenever you find out what you're made of. And actually, you look a lot weaker than you would think. And that's the point. Because God is strong. We are not. We are weak. But whenever we put our faith and our trust in him, that's whenever we are actually strong. And today, some of you are living life out of your own strength. You're trying to figure this thing out on your own. And this thing is diabolically opposed to you. Life is diabolically, it's opposed to you because you don't have what it takes. This life is more than you can handle and eternity is more than you can handle if you're not clothed in the righteousness that only God provides through Jesus. Only through Jesus. He's the way, the truth, the life. Jesus came to this earth. He died a terrible death after he lived a blameless life in order to pay the price for our sin. And that's the message I wanna to bring to you today. But many of you, you gotta make a choice to follow Christ. You have to make a choice to, to relinquish your rights, relinquish your strength and to expose your weakness and say, God, I need you to fill the gaps in my heart and in my life. Some of you are pumping iron, man. You are on the third set, 
five reps in, trying really hard, making a lot of noise, and you're not getting anywhere because you need a spotter. You need Jesus in your life. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Nobody looking around. I just want you to think about your life, think about where you're at. And some of you today, you're at the end of your rope. You're at the end of your strength. And today you want to find your strength in God. You're at a place of brokenness. And if that's you, you say, I don't know God. Man, I know it. I'm not, I'm not saved. I'm not born again. I'm not right with God. I just, I just know it. I don't have a good relationship with him. I want to encourage you today to make a good decision, to make the right decision. And that decision is to say, Jesus, I need you. And if you're in this place right now and you need Jesus, I'm not going to bring it to the front, do anything to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask you to do one thing. That's to raise your hand and say, Jesus, I need you. So if you're in this place right now and you need Jesus, go ahead and raise it up high. Come on, I see you. Yes, yes. Come on, all over the room. I see you. Yeah. Come on, keep raising them up. Yes. Come on, I see you right here on the front. Yeah, on the side. I got you. Come on, God's grace is sufficient for you. Anybody else? Today is the day. I see you right here. Yes. Come on, this is what we're going to do. I see you right here in the front. I see you. More importantly, God sees you. God sees your heart. And right now, he's going to do a miracle. He's going to redeem you. He's going to save you. He's going to give you strength, give you perspective. I'm going to pray. I don't need you to repeat after me, but I want you to pray to your God and find your strength in him. Father, we come before you humbly. God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything that I am. I repent of my sin. God, I turn from the way that I've been living, the way that I've been thinking. God, I bring you my successes and my failures. And Jesus, right now, I ask that you would save me, that you would forgive me of the things that I've said and done and been up until this point. And God, that you would renovate God, even my nature, the sin nature that I have inside of me, God, that you would replace that with your nature, replace it with your heart. God, I give you my life right now. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for salvation. God, I pray that you would take my life, redeem it, use it for something great. God, use it to bring you fame and glory and honor. God, from this point forward, I give you my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, a lot of people gave their hearts to God. Can we give it up for them today? If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. 
standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.